0: Welcome back to the Wild Child Kitchen Gardening Podcast, I'm your host, Kelly Johnson, and this is the podcast for the Zone 9 gardener who wants to transform their garden to one that they pick from 52 weeks a year. Yes, even in the summer. In the hot southern summer, there's still plenty to grow, and I'm going to share with you today how you can do it with ease. Let's dig in. Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 26, and I am so glad that you're here today. I'm going to talk to you about how you can make the summer garden so easy. Now, you might be thinking that there is no way possible that that could ever happen. If it could, you would certainly see more people doing it, but I'm hoping that by the end of our time together today, you will see it from a wild child perspective. You will learn how to work with your seasons instead of trying to force things that just don't do in certain times of the year. We have such a unique growing climate in zone nine that really there's always something to grow. It just takes a little bit of education And someone in your corner encouraging you to give it a try for you to branch out from the quintessential southern tomato. Now listen, I'm all about a summer tomato, okay? I will be the first person to tell you that I'm anxiously waiting for mine to ripen. But I also know when to call it quits on a tomato. Once that weather gets hot, they start dropping their flowers. Once the fruit starts ripening and, and you've harvested a ton off of it, the stink bugs start just really taking the plants away. That is a sign, y'all. That is nature telling us it's time to do something different. I think what ends up happening is we don't know what to do different, so we just don't do anything at all. That rolls out the red carpet for the summer gardening troubles we talked about last week. If you haven't gone and listened to episode 25, take a listen. There's a lot there for you that I think you will find very encouraging. We're all doing the same thing. We're all in this together. We all want these summer gardens that thrive. I think William Longgood said it best. He says, a summer garden offers a tranquility like no other time of the year. It's so true, but you might be thinking, not in my backyard. In my backyard, the summer garden is dry and thirsty and tired. That's the words we use when we describe our summer gardens, and it is all true. But it doesn't mean that the garden should just end. In fact, our busy schedules don't mean that the garden should just end either. The fact that it's hot outside, that our plants are spent, None of those things mean that we should just wave the white flag in the garden. Instead, if we start to live seasonally, if we start to see our garden the way that it was intended to be seen, I really want you to see this with me today. If you walk out into your backyard garden, even right now, what you're going to know beyond a shadow of a doubt is that it's summer. Your strawberries are producing. Your squash and zucchini have tons of flowers. Your cucumbers are everywhere. Your tomatoes are green. In a couple of months, it's going to be even more evident. You're going to have sparse tomato plants because you've been picking for the last 60 days. You're going to have cucumbers that are brown and crispy on the edges of their leaves. You're going to have squash and zucchini that are just done. And your peppers and your eggplant are just going to be taken off. Your okra is going to be beautiful. That tells us it's summer. If you go into the grocery store, you would never know what season it is. If you go into home decor stores, you would certainly not know what season it is. In many, if you go into one in the summer, it looks like Halloween. This is not the way nature works. This is the summer, this is the season of bounty. It's the season of plenty. It's the season of ripe tomatoes, watermelons, lots of cucumbers and stuffed peppers. If we continue to think about our gardens this way and live our life in season, we understand the importance of working with the calendar, not working against it. we're gonna do that both in our gardens and in our life, and what I'm telling you is gonna happen is you are going to find that your life is much more full. Your satisfaction level is sky high. You lay your head down at night and think that was a day well lived. It all starts with the garden. And when we let the garden lead the way, we start to see things very differently. Think about it for a second. The spring garden, what is the words that come to mind when you think of spring? You think of new growth. You think of green. You think of full of life, right? Exactly what that garden is, a new chance and a new opportunity. When you think of the summer, what do you think of? You think of fun. You think of excitement. The garden's the same exact way. When you think of the fall, you see that slowdown, don't you? it's that beckoning to cozy. We want everybody around the table. We want a sweater. And the garden just makes us feel that way with all of its beautiful oranges and yellows that are ready to be picked. In winter, the garden is still, slow, quiet. Those are the same exact adjectives I would use to describe my life in the winter, right? I want to be Hunkered down and hibernating, don't you? It's soups and lots of warmth. The garden is the same exact way. It looks as though nothing's happening, but in reality, so much is happening. This is the beauty of nature. It is the beauty of the seasons. When God created the seasons, he created them to be a way that we should live, a way that we can model after. And when we do that, our life just makes so much more sense. I want you to start right now in your garden, thinking about living seasonally. I want you to go out to your garden and I want you to think about all the things that are growing right now. Everything you see, think about it. What is that going to look like in a couple of months? And what is your life going to look like in a couple of months? If you're anything like me... Your tomatoes are going to be out, your cucumbers are going to be out, your squash and zucchini is going to be out, your peppers and eggplant are going to be thriving, your melons are going to be almost ready for harvest, and your pumpkins are just going to be turning colors. That is so exciting, right? I want us to see the summer garden for all the magic that it is. But we can so easily get caught up in the idea that the summer garden is a burden, that it's too much work, that it's too hot, that there's too many pests, and there's too many disease. And for a lot of us, that is 100% accurate. But what if all of that was simply because we weren't doing all that we could do to get the most out of our garden in this season? Today, I'm gonna show you exactly how to do that. I wanna start today by giving you some options for your summer garden. Now, for most of us, we kind of lump spring and summer together, but I wanna change your thinking on that a little bit. It's because by mid-July, pretty much everything that you planted in spring is those words that we talked about earlier, tired, thirsty, spent. What can you do with them? Well, you can always trade them out for something else, like sweet potatoes, peanuts, southern peas, like field peas and crowder peas, lima beans. You can always plant nothing but okra. These are things we call our hands-off summer gardening varieties. But you can also set your garden up for an amazing do-over season. This tiny little window of opportunity lies somewhere between June and September. This is a season that nobody talks about in the gardening world, but it's personally my all-time favorite. So the do-over season, which you will hear me talk so much about, is this tiny window where we can literally have a do-over of our spring garden. So all of those tomatoes out there that you are just wishing you could get one more harvest off of but the stink bugs have totally come in and taken over your plants no worries plant tomatoes again now there are a few things that you're going to want to keep in mind about a do-over season I go over all of them in my free summer gardening masterclass that you can get at the link in the show notes Do you need a summer garden that grows itself? So many of us do. In my brand new and free summer gardening masterclass, I'm gonna give you two options for a summer garden that thrives. First, I'm gonna show you how to grow a do-over garden. That's right, you get a second spring harvest, right where you grew all of your vegetables in spring, or maybe you need a hands-off summer garden where you will grow veggies and build your soil while you vacation. Join the fun at releaseyourinnerwildchild.com forward slash summer. Okay, so now that I have you a little bit intrigued about summer gardening, let's talk about a few things that you need to consider before you commit to this summer garden. None of these things are deal breakers in my opinion, and in fact are very simple to just get squared away so that you can keep growing. First and foremost is The question I get asked a lot, what do I do when I'm out of town? We all tend to travel more in the summer and I want to go too. What do I do with my garden when I'm not going to be home? Well, there's three things I want to make sure that I have set up. I want to share those with you right now so that you can go ahead and get this out of the way and get prepared for your summer garden. This is how you make your summer garden easy. First, you choose plants that thrive in our climate. Second, you don't let a busy summer schedule stop you. You simply choose things that work with you. And third, you get your stuff in order before you leave. Ready? It's simple. Watering, feeding, picking. Those are the three things that you want to continue to control even when you're out of town. Pests are a different story, and if you plant the right varieties, which I show you in my Summer Gardening Masterclass, pests are simply going to be a non-issue for you. I know that it always seems like the pests are worse in the summer, but they're only worse because of what you have in your garden. That is what I really want you to hear today. If you want to make your summer garden easy, live in season, plant in season, grow in season, and the pest problem takes care of itself. Watering, feeding, and picking is not gonna take care of itself though. So let's talk about how you're gonna get that squared away so that you can leave your garden and return back to one that is waiting for you that has thrived while you were gone. That is what we need this time of year. Let's start with watering. Two simple ways to take care of your watering while you're gone. Number one, an old school sprinkler with a timer works wonders. While I do not recommend overhead automatic watering when you're home. It really is a great option for when you're not. So if you're going to choose to use a sprinkler, always put it on a timer. This will make things so easy for you and then you don't have to worry. Timers are very inexpensive and can be programmed to go off for a certain number of minutes in the morning and a certain number of minutes in the evening. This is going to take away all of your stress when you're thinking about what am I going to do about watering while I'm gone. What I like to do is set up my timer to go off every morning for about 15 minutes. That way I'm certain that everybody is going to be happy for the day. Then what I'll do is every two or three days, I'll let it go off in the evening as well. I always do 530 a.m. and 530 p.m. so that I can make sure that everybody's got time to dry out before the Sun or lack of Sun becomes an issue so what I'll do is set it up for 530 a.m. every single day and then I'll do 530 p.m. every two to three days this means that I'm making sure I'm not overwatering, but I'm also making sure that nobody gets too thirsty to where they're beyond repair in the summer in the south we tend to get a lot of rain so we want to be careful with this and I also also do not recommend this if you're not growing in raised beds. Raised beds are so forgiving. They make overwatering next to impossible, but if you're in the ground, you really could do more damage than if you didn't water at all while you were gone. If you're concerned about overwatering, if you're concerned about timing your watering, a great idea is to hire a neighborhood friend to come over and water your garden for you makes it very, very simple. As long as you're making sure that your garden is getting water in the mornings every for about 15 minutes every single day, you don't have to necessarily set up any kind of automatic watering system. You can always talk to this friend too and let them know that in the case of rain, they don't need to come. And one way that you can always entice Folks to come take care of your garden for you while you're gone is give them all the pickings. It's a pretty good deal. I never have any trouble finding someone to come water for me. And if I do, the automatic sprinkler on the timer is going to be my next option. Remember, it doesn't have to be fancy. It does not have to be permanently placed in your beds. This is an old school sprinkler, the kind that we ran through when we were kids. That's what you're using here. And you're just setting it up on a timer at the hose bib. So it's not anything fancy. It's just something to get you through in a pinch. Okay, so now that you've got your watering squared away, let's talk about feeding. Feeding is super simple here guys, especially if you are growing the wild child way, because as we grow in the wild child gardening method, we are constantly feeding our soil. That means a lot of times we can walk away from our gardens and come back to gardens that are growing better than when we were here. We tend to be a little bit of a helicopter mom and you will learn quickly when you walk away from your garden that your garden is just fine without you. So with that being said, no worries about feeding. Feed real good before you leave and then walk away. Finally, we need to go over one more thing and that is gonna be your pickings. One thing that is so important in your summer garden is to keep those pests at bay. The very favorite thing of all summer pests is going to be rotting fruit. You cannot imagine how fast your garden will turn into a complete buffet if you leave fruit on the vine too long. For this reason, you're gonna pick everything before you leave I'm talking even if it's just starting to ripen. Always pick your tomatoes right as they start to turn color. We call that blushing. You want to get them inside as soon as they turn. Let them ripen in the windowsill. They're never going to taste any different, I promise. For your squash and zucchini, you may need to harvest a little bit smaller than you normally would. Same for your cucumbers. And for your beans, go ahead and get as many off as possible. This is going to help make sure that you do not roll out the red carpet for pests and come home to a ravaged garden that you will spend the rest of the summer fighting to get back into play. Do you see how this works, guys? When we garden and we live in season... We really do take so much of the burden off of ourselves. I find that so often we treat our garden like the neighborhood home decor store. We do not see it as something that necessarily needs to be seasonal. But oh how it does. The garden leads the way. Let it show you what you should be doing with your time in each season. And I'm telling you, you will have the best model you could ever possibly ask for. If you want a summer garden that's easy, follow its lead, let it show you what it needs, and be an in season gardener. Thank you so much for joining me here today on the Wild Child Kitchen Gardening Podcast. I hope that this episode has inspired you to get in line with your summer garden, to really try hard to garden in season. Find those plants that work great in our climate and grow those. So much more for you at our Summer Gardening Masterclass. Go join that. It's completely free. The link is in the show notes. I hope you have a great week. See you next time.